This is a Crow's Nest podcast. Hello, excuse me. Hello, and welcome back to Damsels Who Discuss. I apologize. I got something in my throat with that uh, immediate second, but I am Alexia. Galley, and we're going through puberty. Apparently, this is sex education. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Oh. Crap, I'm forgetting a good I term. that show. Sex education? Yeah, you know what? I haven't watched the fourth season, or the last season yet. I heard that it was a weird season. I don't think I even watched season three. I think I watched season two, and then when three came out, people were kind of like, eh, and I never went back to it. I the the last season before the most recent one was that season three i don't know (laughs) i don't know um it's been a minute it was it was fine Uh, it was weird it got kind of weird i didn't like it as much as the first couple seasons that's fair uh do you know what else was fine that i saw recently uh i saw the marvels it was fine the movie oh yeah so I will also say before I get into that for a second that I didn't watch the show Miss Marvel. So I think that there's a lot of stuff that I was just missing because the last I've never seen Ms. Marvel in anything before. Like I've seen the commercials for the show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this movie was the first time I'd seen her. This is the first time I'd seen um, Monica with powers, you know, this it was but it was fine like it was cute it had all the like fun trademarks of a marvel movie brie larson is ridiculously attractive as always always oh my god it's unreasonable how hot she is um (laughs) sorry i mean you're you're further than i am with that i i feel like i kind of dropped off of a lot of the marvel uh continuum um after endgame it's just it's the next phase it's mm-hmm. i'm still following some things but i haven't mm-hmm. watched miss marvel either no probably gonna watch the marvels maybe when it comes out on dvd but not in yeah. theaters <laughs> i think that's fair we went to see it because we were like let's go to a movie we live one mile from a movie theater let's just go to a movie and then mm-hmm. it was well if we're gonna go which movie do we actually want to see so we yeah. ended up seeing the marvels and i'm not mad that i saw it but it has the same pitfalls that all the marvel films do which is like every movie the stakes have to get higher like yeah. enemy is bigger and this and that and this and that and it's sort of like i don't you don't get invested anymore because the stakes are just so grandiose and so so far away from you and i don't want to i'm usually a big fan of spoilers but i don't want to get into that right now because i have a feeling that even when this comes out it's still going to be a newer ish movie even if it's only been a couple months yeah but like it it was fine most of what worked for me in the movie had nothing to do with it being a marvel movie and had everything to do with like actor chemistry which i mean i think that that's why i prefer um to go to my movies is because of the chemistry plots Mm -hmm. are fine i love shitting on plots obviously hence this hence this podcast like i like having fun with the uh-huh. bad things that happen with the plot or the, the weirdness or things like that but right. i stay for the chemistry and if the actors have good chemistry with each <laughs> other then it's enjoyable to me i don't really care about the <laughs> end goal of the journey <laughs> it is there's one scene in particular in the movie that i don't think this is a spoiler at all but it was really useful for me for two things one it was hilarious and two it was establishing for two characters i'd never seen before mm-hmm. <laughs> so 
the whole premise of the thing, which you can see from the trailers, is that they kind of all start switching places. And it's like, oh, my God, what's happening to us? Freaky Friday. Very Freaky Friday. But it kind of happens whenever they use their powers. So, you know, I know that Captain Marvel is pretty much invincible. So I kind of assume these other two are as well. But they establish that they are not by having the other two free falling from the sky and having an incredible panic attack because they're like, well, we're about to fucking die. Um, so she, Ms. Marvel encapsulates them both in basically a giant ornament of energy and then uses her powers to switch with, uh, Captain Marvel and they smash into the ground. This bulb explodes. It's just Captain Marvel and Fury goes, it's cool. It's just Carol. <laughs> it's just Carol. National like, emergency. Oh, it's just Carol. Right. It's like, oh, it's just fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's cool. And I like that because one, it established to me that they are not invincible like her. I did not know that. It established a couple limits of their powers. One of them was done via outright dialogue, which I thought was a little cheesy. But otherwise, how would I? Monica says, like, I can't phase and fly while being yeah. solid and holding you. And I'm like, I didn't fucking know that that was a limit that she had. Okay. Exposition time, I guess. Thank you. Right. But yeah, it was a reasonably good establishing scene and it had a good comedy bit. So that stuck out to me in the movie. Not a whole lot else stuck out in the movie. Oh, there's annoying place where you sing instead of talk, which you'd hmm. think that as a Disney person, I would have enjoyed, but it's really weird how sometimes, sometimes in live action, um, things don't work as well as they do when they're animated. Fun fact, Disney. Go figure. With, going back to what you're saying, where like the plot has to keep getting exponentially high, like the, mm-hmm. the stakes keep getting higher and higher. Did you ever watch Gurren Logan, the anime? No. So, uh, Gurren Logan was an interesting anime um, that uh, was half about um, really interesting dynamics between characters, and then half of it was who can build the biggest mech. Like, the second half of the series, the there's one guy making a mech that's large. There's another mech that's out there that's even bigger. The original guy has to make his mech even larger. It literally is just a, a pissing contest in space. They make their mech so big that they're like the size of planets. And I feel like that's where Marvel is going with their plots. They just have to keep everything getting larger and larger until the plot is the size of a planet. But it feels like it's almost bigger than that. Because, you know, a lot of superhero things start with like, well, you save, you know, you save the city of Gotham. Congratulations, Batman. And then Superman, you save the world. Okay, it's the whole world. Well, yeah. now we save this other world. And this other world. And <laughs> yeah, this now other we one in this other, other worlds. Yeah. yeah, and this universe and this reality and this galaxy. So like, oh my God, it's so vast. I don't care anymore. Why do I care about these other galaxies that are being saved? What do I care about the scrolls and their galaxy? Seems like they're just coming in here to take our jobs. Just focus on the scrolls or something, which they do bring them back in, in the Marvels. But it's sort of like that's one of the how many little like savior plot lines there are in the entire MCU. Like Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't I don't care anymore. I mean, that's <laughs> that's comics book comic books as a whole isn't it i do care about the harley quinn animated show which i have not seen the recent season of because cliff wants to watch harley with me and we're not there yet oh is there a new season out season four is not new it's the new est one i just haven't seen it yet it Uh, came out way earlier this year i think okay yeah i we watched that yeah 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 yeah. i hear it's still pretty good 
It is. It's still very entertaining and silly and fun and cursive. Cursive. There's a lot of cursing. It's great. <laughs> I was just explaining to um, shout out to my other podcast on Titanic Talkline. I was talking to his name is Lewis Abernathy. He plays Lewis Bodine in the movie, um, which is very fun. That's going to be mm-hmm. the last episode before I go my break. But uh, we were talking, and I was I was talking to him about. Um, I'm sorry. What did you just bring up? My brain completely stopped. Cursing? <laughs> No, um, no the, uh, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, Harley and Queen. Harley oh, Queen. Yes. <laughs> and I was bringing up that, you know, in the sea of all the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies and all the live action DC films, I really like the Harley show because it's experimental and silly. You know, yeah. it's silly because on the one hand, you know, Harley just starts shooting everyone with a machine gun while giggling. And it's quite serious because there's an episode where she goes into Batman's brain and therapizes Bruce Wayne. Yeah, there's, um, I really like when we get the kind of, I want to call it an off-brand version of superheroes, whether they're DC or Marvel. Yeah. We get that with the Harley Quinn, um, uh, we get that with the Harley Quinn show. There's also a new Batman animated movie, I think that's coming out on Prime. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to find the trailer for it. That is totally off-model, very, very not- uh, like the dc batman that we are used to did you see the batman with robert pattson i did i liked it quite a bit i haven't seen it yet but that's one that i want to watch because i hear that that one's a little bit off kilter from the more traditional portrait it is it is it's um i would say it has wisps of like the christopher nolan dark knight Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's kind of like this is from a, the trailer a movie yeah yeah but it's it's really good and, and Honestly, I like Robert Pattinson as an actor. I think he does a good job. Same. Uh, speaking of Roberts, the movie we're discussing today. Yeah. It's uh, Robin Hood, which is Robert his full name. Sorry, that's like 20 minutes into the movie already. But there's a scene where Little John's trying to get Robin's attention. Is like, Rob, Robin, Robin. Finally, he goes like, Robert. I'm like, Robert. I'm like, is that his full name? Is his full name Robert Hood? It's Robin. And that was just Little John just being like... Silly. Yeah, just like, hey, Alexia, Alex, Aluk. Okay, Alec. that's fair enough. You know, well, like, he, well, it's a real yeah. name. That's why I was like, wait. Yeah. Well, I think Aluk is probably a real name too. I don't know who has it. But... I was like, in what, in what language? <laughs> the fucking scroll. Shout out to all the Aluks out there. Uh, the scroll Aluks. Uh, oh man, thank you for listening. Um, I did the summary for this one. You did well, the summaries. You want to get into it? I do. All right. Robin Hood is Disney's 1973 nostalgia-based classic. It's not nostalgia-based. It's just nostalgic now. Um, following nostalgia now. <laughs> sounds like a product that sounds like a subscription box actually um your copyright of nostalgia copyright nobody take that um (laughs) following the adaptation from the classic english story this anthropomorphic retelling runs us through the tale of robin hood and little john a fox and a pair a bear pair of best friends the two of them go town to town robbing the rich who are profiting off of the tyrannical rule of the corrupt prince john Together, they embark on a series of adventures to free the town of Nottingham and rescue Robin's true love, Maid Marian. After they complete both their missions, they ride off into the sunset on a coach, newly married. Yep. 
Uh, and then Robin Hood is also the movie or one of the many that inspired a modern day generation of furries who still lust over the literally foxy Robin and or Marion, depending on your preferences. Um, we open the movie with a singing rooster who decides he's going to tell it like it is, was, or whatever. And I think that this one leans way more heavy on the whatever. We then cut directly to Robin Hood and his bestie, Little John, as they come upon Prince John's coach and decide to rob it while in drag, like all good bandits, with Robin accompanying his performance with a voice. This makes them the primary targets of Prince John, who decides to stop at nothing to capture and kill Robin Hood, including using his niece as bait. Robin's childhood sweetheart, Maid Marian. Excuse me. During a stage archery contest, PJ manages to capture Robin for all of about 10 seconds before the Scooby-Doo hijinks come out to save the day. And Robin and hijinks and Robin and Marianne run off into the woods to share a kiss or so they think before their friends bring their party to crash their private party for two. Prince John is pissed that he was so royally snubbed and embarrassed that he drops an absolute iron fist of taxes on Nottingham, locking up completely everyone for being poor including the children, which I anticipate to be all of our fates in the year 2034. Oh, God. Not to fear, though, Robin Hood and Little John come running in to save the day with another Three Stooges-like bit. They manage to rescue everyone, and after a fox versus fire battle in which Robin ultimately triumphs, why am I having so much trouble? They all (laughs) end up surviving. King Richard magically comes back, locks up his brother and Sir Hiss, marries off Marion and Robin, and watches them ride off into the sunset on a coach with little John steering. And for some reason, an annoying bunny child who's obsessed with Robin hopping up to tag along as the sunset sets and the movie fades out. The end. Why was that small little rabbit there? Like, he was just like, he needed a father figure, I suppose. I guess, but we're going to talk about Skippy later. But that's, he's just, that's such a weird relationship. Yes. And it's also very one-sided in my in my viewing. It is so one-sided. <sighs> but yeah, I think those are apt. Reasonably. Reasonably apt descriptions. Um, but of course, I have a question for you. Okay. What was your relationship with this movie as a child? I owned this one and I remember liking it, but I never remember going through any sort of phases where it was like my favorite and I was super into it. I do have one very distinct memory of watching this because there is um, later on in the scene where Robin Hood comes to visit the the rabbit family mm-hmm. after the sheriff interrupts the birthday party. There's a scene where Mama Rabbit says something like, you've done so much to keep our hopes alive. And then she says, bless you to him twice. And once when I was watching it with my au pair, I happened to sneeze before each time <laughs> and got retroactively blessed by Parvo Luddy. So that's my story with this. I mean, that's a pretty good um, multi-decade blessing that you receive. That's impressive. (laughs) What about you? I'm imagining that you have seen this many, many times. I have. I actually really loved Robin Hood as a kid. And Mm -hmm. I can't... I mean, I distinctly remember watching the movie several times. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I wanted to be Robin Hood. That's fair, honestly. Like, goals yeah. for sure. I still want to be cool. Robin Hood, honestly. Yeah, I, just, I was like, this is a this is a cool-ass uh, fox getting to steal from the rich, getting the pretty Maid Marian. Um, it was a... Yeah, I, I think I also really remember, like, the fashion design, which is a weird thing to say. 
Yeah, because I have to admit, I'm not a fan of the costume design in this entire movie. I think I like the way the costumes flow and how they kind of drew them on their anthropomorphic bodies. This is a very strange... No, I think that's fair. Strange description. But but yeah, I think I really liked that. I, I especially really liked uh like Maid Marian's outfit and um I think that definitely influenced like my little doodles that I was doing as a kid at the time. What is the name of that medieval there is a thing, like the medieval headpiece which has the two conical shapes to hold on to a veil. There's oh, a real gosh, name yeah. for that thing, but one thing that I like now as an adult that I didn't really piece together as a kid was that Maid Marian wears one over her ears. Yeah, right? Like, that's so cute. It's adorable. You know, things that I didn't didn't consider, and like to show that Prince John's, the crown he wears isn't actually suited for his head. He has to stick his ears in there. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you about the cleverness of the costume design. I think I'm just picky and think it's boring, but there oh. are details about it that I think are really fun, or like Lady Cluck's bloomers that everyone thought was her pants, well, just her skin. Yeah, yeah, that's really funny to me. So I think the thing that you're thinking of is called a henin, H-E-N-N-I-N. And that was the uh, conical steeple or truncated cone worn in the late Middle Ages by European women of nobility. Absolutely correct. I was thinking of the henin. And, you know, yeah, normal women don't have that natural shape. But I like that they that is a shape that exists in medieval fashion. If you Google that, you'll see the double cone shape. And it's exactly that height, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, and you know, now that you've brought it up, I think that that is partially my, uh, like, Maid Marian's head and that canonical head shape, along with Maleficent, mm-hmm. are why I'm so attracted to, like, like I've I've drawn that particular double cone as, like, a hairstyle and ridiculous things throughout the years. And I think you might have cracked into where it came from for me. Thanks so for I, the therapy session. You're welcome. So I don't draw as much as you do, um, nor as well, but I have an obsession with really long flowing hair. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because I remember Sailor Moon and Chobits, mm-hmm. two of the yeah. earlier animes and mangas that I remember reading. And, you know, if you've never seen either of them, I do not know how you've existed in a Western country, um, even a photo. But if, you know, both of those shows have, especially the manga, the original art, have extremely long, detailed, fine, gorgeous hair. Hair capes. Everyone has hair capes. Mm -hmm. Even short hair, when you see it in motion, especially in like Sailor Moon Crystal, which is a little closer to the original style, Mm -hmm. like Sailor Mercury's hair has luscious depth to it and it moves in a way that short hair doesn't normally move. It moves like long hair. Yeah, it's like five wigs glued together. Um, Like Barbie movie wigs. Yeah, and there's like a personal fan around you at all times so that your hair Mm -hmm. can just move, be gorgeous, and you can look like a supermodel at every turn. Oh, anime. Oh, anime. But um, uh, this is not anime. This is animated. And I distinctly remember this opening for two reasons. Number one... I've seen this brought up a couple times. It looks like a sitcom intro with like everyone's names uh, yeah. and actor. Um, and number two, because it shows the like one of the principal action sequences almost in its entirety. Yeah, I I also noted that this was like an opening to a TV show. And mm-hmm. throughout all of my notes, I had to keep writing Udalati Udalati. Golly, what a day. <laughs> yeah. 
I also I don't know who's doing the intro like scat rapping the but whoever is doing it is doing it either with a stuffy nose or the affect that gives them a stuffy nose i'm like blow your nose you think that it was um that or do you think that it was uh, a poor recording that we have not been able to clean up in the maybe but the whistling was really clean hmm as is the vocal recording for everything else in this movie. Okay, then yeah, that was that was a stuffy nose <laughs> moment. That's not cool. <laughs> no, um, but we 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 get out of that pretty quickly and get into one of those songs, like a Randy Newman style song, where it's just like, "I'm describing what's going on before me. There's lots of trees and there is a fox. You've got a friend Randy. in fox." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah it works i have to keep reminding myself that these movies are also you know made not primarily with but definitely with a, a children's eye in, in mind and so you do yeah. sort of need things to be a little more in your face once in a while yeah yeah but but i think that um making a movie for children does not mean that it has to have like plot holes or it has to have um i don't know cut corners one of the lines in this uh rooster song is never ever thinking there was danger in the water and i'm like robin hood and little john have been doing this for a while like they're supposed to be experienced bandits also even people that don't bandit know that water is dangerous what do you mean never ever thinking there's danger the there is any number of danger in the water at any given time he, yeah there could be uh with the jungle book monkeys monkeys in the water could just come by at any moment and steal your man child there could be mermaids ready to uh drown you because they think you're prettier than them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you we've, never know you know we've um I'm trying to think if there's anything in Fantasia besides dinosaurs in the water, but uh, Mickey in the water. Oh yeah, he might turn you into billions of yourself and make you clean. Ooh, even worse. Even worse. It's even worse. But it's okay. They get away from the weasel archers who just like <laughs> shoot a round of arrows into the water and like, yeah, good enough. <laughs> I love the way that weasels weasels are drawn at disney i don't know why i'm excited for your take on zootopia when we get there oh god i love zootopia i do like zootopia i'm already thinking what am i going to draw from there everything oh by Uh, that point the animation gets so much better (laughs) true uh i'd like to also welcome back baloo yeah uh and the other reused animation there is oh my god there is this it, it, it especially once you're looking for it you can find so much reused animation in this like i wrote down three movies from the dance party sequence alone that you can see <laughs> and like you were saying i'm sure there's so much more that i just missed cuz i wasn't paying attention well i mean they show <laughs> the um they show basically the parade of guards mm-hmm. yes, over and over again just flipped around zoomed in in different ways like it's the exact same animation Anytime you see the girl rabbit, Skippy, and the turtle laugh, and the like that group of kids laughing, it's the exact same footage each time. 
Mm-hmm. Like she's always slumped against slumping against a tree at the very end for some reason. Do you know why they reused the animation? Budgets, I'm imagining. I think it did have to do with budget. It did, because after the death of Walt, the studio had been in sort of like a, not a free fall, but they've definitely been seeing diminishing returns on their previous films. So this one needed to be done quickly and cheaply. So a lot of the footage was recycled from within the movie. And there is several sequences of footage that were reused from other films. Like if you watch, I was talking about the dance party sequence, watch Maid Marian alone. You'll recognize Duchess's dance from the Aristocats. And you will see her doing, when she starts dancing with the other animals, Snow White's dance from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And if you watch um, Little John and Lady Clucky dancing, it is Baloo and King Louie's dance from The Jungle Book. It's the it's the exact same frame, frame-to-frame footage. If you're really looking for it. I, not I, even I, if you're really not looking for it, honestly. Yeah, which is a little bit of an insult, I think, to, to Lady Cluck. A little bit, but also she can groove. She can groove. She can also take um, down an entire troop of rhinos. Like, I'm into Lady Cluck and her her, her moxie. Dig it. <laughs> yeah, I think actually the reason that Disney was in a bit of a financial slump was due to uh, Disneyland or Disney World. Well, that's also um, a possibility. Because this was ar- around when uh, that theme park was getting built. Am I wrong here? 1973. Mm-hmm. Um, I was scrolling down here looking looking in the wiki for that information, but yeah, I know that this movie, like many of the other movies, was started and shelved and started and shelved and started and shelved several times, but then I think this was revisited when the studio needed to produce something that just didn't cost a ton. Yeah, apparently this movie <laughs> continued on with production after Walt died. Uh, yes. It was the first feature to begin production after his death um, and carry on. <laughs> but the next thing we get um after this which it's interesting because this plot when you consider it is not inherently complicated or difficult which we've talked about in the past is a staple for a lot of these disney movies yeah there's barely a plot this is like four hours worth of plot that is stretched out yeah Like, like like the events take place in four hours in a day and then it's the entire plot is just stretched out over weeks something like that because yeah. It, yeah it's it's not complicated because you go from establishing the heroes and then you go to um establishing the enemy which is little john and sir hiss in their gold carriage and massive procession coming through yes. literally screaming about taxes oh taxes <laughs> death and taxes Death and taxes, but um, he just, just, I love how obvious it is. And when I was little, I thought that Prince John was like a cartoon rich guy. Now that I'm older, I'm kind of like, that seems realistic, honestly. Yeah, it's, he's such a baby man. And such a baby man. I, I had to draw Sir Hiss. Um, because <laughs> at one point, Sir Hiss makes just an amazing face mm-hmm. when he's talking uh to little john and he's like oh Me. this man is a baby there's i cannot reason with him he is a a a lion in sheep's clothing or a sheep in lion's clothing maybe a sheep in lion's clothing but i was, I was thinking like his robe could be made from 
Nice soft cool. sheep. Yeah. Could be. Who knows? I, know. I do like that uh Sir Hiss calls his thumb sucking psychosis. It's like that's not psychosis. That's just like obnoxiously loud soothing behavior. Right? It's not With psychosis. The... Oh, that thumb sucking is so recognizable to the little thump thump thump. Mm-hmm he makes with his thumb i think that stuck out to me as a child too which is a weird thing just the sound it's not weird i think it's meant to be pretty distinct they bring it up a lot he does it almost every time he's on screen it's got a distinct sound to it like yeah it's meant to be super noticeable and annoying yeah for sure i like that when uh robin and little john dress up to rob him that robin puts on a whole voice and everything and john just puts on a dress yeah, John, <laughs> it's because little John's just like, look, I'm a big bear in a dress because he likes to dress up. He likes to dress up in other outfits. Uh-huh. Later on in the film, he gets dressed up. These guys and are both into costumes. They really are into costumes. But little John, I feel like he doesn't really, aside from maybe a mustache, aside from maybe a, a, a lovely bosom, doesn't really hide him his face too much. No, not at all. Does does he just assume, like, I'm a big bear, no one's going to say anything? I do find it interesting that everyone's only after Robin Hood and not after Little John, his actual accomplice who's everywhere with him. Like, granted, Robin Hood is kind of the mastermind here, but I'd still be pretty interested in getting Little John. I mean, Little John tried to steal the hubcaps. He did steal the hubcaps, which I have to say, solid gold hubcaps are a terrible idea. Solid gold is not stable as a metal. No, and heavy? It is. It's heavy and very, very, um, very soft. Like 24 karat gold is soft. Even if you go to, you know, Asian countries where they produce fine gold jewelry, they usually don't make 24 karat jewelry because like, yeah, it's too pliable. I mean, they will. Yeah. But. But you're right. They do. They dress up and they infiltrate. By pretending to be um, the most stereotypical fortune tellers. Yes. Yes. Let me tell your fortune. I do think the crystal ball gag is absolutely great where it's just a ball of fireflies and Robin Hood's just putting on a like, oh, look. Watch the fireflies. Yeah, that was pretty cute. I I would like to know because Little John is an idiot. So he falls for this. He allows them to do this. Sarah Hiss has his um, suspicions. Yes. That maybe these kind old fortune tellers are not the women they portray. Um, so this is where this is where little John uh, locks Sir Hiss in a basket, right? In the basket, indeed. After yeah. um, he says female bandits, as though that's not possible, which I love because that misconception is how so many crimes are committed. I... <laughs> For some reason, that just that just brings up uh, the bed knobs and broomsticks that we were just talking about um, when they talk about how, oh, women can't be trusted with anything. Just like casual misogyny just gets thrown in into these movies. And you just gloss right over it. Yeah, you gloss right over it. On to the next thing. Speaking of things that they gloss over, the fact that before we know it, Robin Hood has run off with all of little john's things including his clothes prince john prince john yes i there's too many johns in this movie and yeah, why are they both named as i mean i guess it's because historically they were that name but it's like geez man yeah but like how did how did the king not 
notice his clothes were missing? That is such a good question. I wrote. I would notice someone disrobing me. I I think I would too. I would think I would too. Read me your poem. Poor baby John had a dirty thumb. Couldn't keep his robe or riches for Robin Hood hath come. It's true. It's true. It's made off with them. And everyone is distracted by boobs, which we demonstrate because Prince uh, Little John has filled his up with treasures and as it's running away is waving to a very love-struck rhino guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I'm not going to elaborate. I get it. I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Oh, I get it too, but it's very funny. Yeah. Uh, but this is how um, we end up with Prince John going on his little rampage because he got robbed by Robin Hood and then totally embarrassed. And now he's kind of like, well, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. This is what this is what causes him to put a bounty on their heads, right? On his head. And they also up the taxes. We see this lady feeding her husband soup in the stocks for being a tax evader, a.k.a. too poor to pay. Mm hmm. And we follow the, uh, this is where we first see the sheriff. Yeah, yeah. The the big old fat sheriff of Nottingham. The southern sheriff of Nottingham. Is apparently supposed to be a wolf, which I did not know. He's the fattest fucking wolf ever. Yeah, agree. To the point where he doesn't look like a wolf. Yeah. But like the accents, the accents of this movie are all over the place too. They are so weird. Like, as you just pointed out, he is. He's played by Pat Buttram, who, you know, we just talked about in Hunter Rowan Dalmatians, has that extremely distinct voice. Yeah. And as you said, super Southern. He sounds like a bloodhound of a man. He does. And then Robin Hood's got sort of this classic erudite British. Well, actually, no, Little John has a uh, Prince John has a much more erudite British way of speaking. But Robin Hood also speaks in that totally proper British way. And then, yeah, yeah, uh, Little John just talks like Baloo. And and we're established that we're in England. Yes. So Disney likes to play fast and loose with their accents. And they especially love to do the mid-Atlantic, sort of British, but not really British. Yeah. Type of diction for everyone. <laughs> except mm-hmm. for when they want apparently a Southern character. Or a character character like, you know, Baloo. Yeah. Choices. Weird choices. Also a weird choice to... As the sheriff just follow the friar into a blacksmith shop. Right. This. Profiling. I guess he's doing some profiling. Doing some major profiling. And then he basically re-injures an injured guy to get the gold out of his cast. Yeah. uh, The jangly leg full of money. This is what everyone's come to. This is how you have to hide any money that you have. Yeah. You literally have to hide it, hide the money in your cast. Otherwise, the tax man is going to come around and shake it out of you. Which he does. He shakes it out of the Tweedles, who the Otto, the Bloodhound, is voiced by the guy who played Tweedle D, Tweedledum, and also Jasper from 101 Dalmatians, whose voice is where I recognized him after he was talking. I was like, hang on. I know that guy. 
uh same old cast of characters i guess every time there is a lot of repeating characters especially in this era of disney movies we're gonna see there's more in here oh my god there's so many more because we keep going with the um we basically are going on a tour of characters we are sequence, right yes we go to the house of a hundred rabbits too many bunny mouths to feed yeah i wrote down this house has a hundred kids and zero father they need welfare not taxes i guess that's why they look up to robin hood that's what we were kind of talking about earlier Mm -hmm. is because he's apparently the only father figure in these bunnies lives i guess so because we we find out over the course of the movie that the mom tells them a lot of stories about robin hood not just about robbing the rich and feeding the poor but also about like how he used to be in love with this other person like you know things that kids definitely want to know about yeah tell me about my cool foxy uncle's past romances mom seriously (laughs) but um mama rabbit is also the voice of kanga from winnie the pooh oh and is lady from lady and the tramp is barbara luddy she was just destined to be a mother yes very much so of so many um but as we were discussing about the sheriff ruining shit he comes in and steals the one coin that they gave to this kid for his birthday right but i I, and it's like such a like sad over-the-top experience too because they're literally saying hey happy birthday here's your coin and the sheriff basically comes in and is like yoink yeah that's going to taxes as in my belly Mm mm-hmm which is like oh but how can you do that 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 rabbit isn't even old enough to pay taxes right and then to like make it even worse they you know we find out in a second it's robin hood but a blind beggar comes tapping in with his stick and a little cup full of coins Mm -hmm. so the sheriff uses skippy's coin to pull a little physics trick by throwing it into the cup and using somehow the inertia to get all the coins to come up out of the cup into his hand and then he just leaves like thanks bye yeah like i think for that to work you would have to throw the coin so incredibly hard into the cup of other coins that um the beggar would probably drop it <laughs> yeah or that cup has to have a weird trampoline bottom or some stupidity like uh-huh. <laughs> what, what a, a fun gag. trick a trampoline <laughs> mug <laughs> But he leaves them with alone with their not trampoline empty mug now, and that's when the grand reveal happens. It's actually Robin Hood. Oh my God, our savior, our most amazing uncle ever, the the best man to my fatherless children. Um, he'll surely make my son's life better. Oh, what's that? You're going to give my son a weapon? Yep. Perfect. It, introduce him to the revolution early. Yeah. He gets a bow and arrow and Robin's hat, which is legit big enough for this cat, the little rabbit to sleep in. I mean, as a kid, arguably, that is a better gift than one gold piece. A gigantic yeah. hat that I can use as both a, a hat, a bed, and, if I'm stranded, uh, a boat. <laughs> and a bow and arrow to be able to defend myself when the tax man comes around again that's a very valid point but i also love how as excited as this kid was to see robin hood the second he got his present he just left the house (laughs) yeah like such a kid thing to do 
Yeah, he takes, well, it doesn't really take the little baby brother. The little baby brother just decides to go. And I think it's his older sister. And they somehow run into a turtle friend of theirs on the way. Because they're going to go um, practice shooting this bow and arrow, literally bow and one arrow. I mean, it's not hard to run into their turtle friend. He's just turtling about. He's turtly enough for the turtle club? He is quite turtly enough for the turtle club. Oh, I do remember seeing, uh, hearing this line in like Disney VHS trailers. When Robin Hood first comes into the house, the uh, sister rabbit goes, Oh, he's so handsome. Just mm-hmm. like his reward posters. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the funniest lines in a movie. I love that line so much. <laughs> I wish that I could be as uh, handsome as my reward poster. <laughs> Same. I wish I had a reward poster instead of just a wanted poster. Like, but, but yeah, what's the difference between a reward and a wanted poster? I guess wanted, wanted doesn't have a reward. Doesn't have a reward. Guess not. But at least, you know, you're wanted. That's fair. Everyone wants to be wanted. Yeah. We, and that's what they get with uh, Toby, this, this turtle who just wants to be wanted by these rabbits, I guess. It's like, it's the classic friendship, mm-hmm. the turtle and the hare. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so he fires off this arrow, having never fired an arrow before, and it lands in basically Prince John's backyard. <laughs> right. They will. They they did go over to the castle. They basically, these were kids that were like, ooh, look at old man Crothers' place. Let's go play by his fence. With a weapon. <laughs> With a weapon. <laughs> Let's see if we can get it over. And and they do. But then Skippy decides, I'm going to go retrieve my arrow because I only have one. And we run into Abigail and Amelia Gabble. Abigail and Amelia Gabble. These are the geese from Lady from the Aristocats. Yes. Um, Maid Marian and Lady Cluck are each voiced by a goose sister. That's amazing to me because they are much more, um, much less judgy. That's the term I'm looking for and in much this less movie. Giggly. They're still pretty giggly. They I mean, are, but a little less than the geeses. Yeah, they're a little more mature. A little bit. Well, they have to be. They're royalty and and the lady in waiting. Yeah, although we did almost get a I'm getting too old for this shit out of Lady Cluck. We did, but um, before we got the finish of that sentence, Marion found the missing, what is it called? Batchcock or whatever? (laughs) Not Batchcock, Shuttlecock. Shuttlecock, there we go. The thing for badminton. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And it happens to just so quickly be, so conveniently be, right next to Skippy's arrow. What a kawinky dink! Oh, and also what a kawinky dink! Neither Maid Marian nor Lady Cluck are upset that these children are here. <laughs> wild to me. Yeah. Because even if I wasn't, a, like, and I'm not a person that wants to harm anyone, but if someone just was on my yard, I'd be like, who are you? Like, where, what, huh? get off my lawn yeah especially if it was a random kid it'd be like are your parents around like are you like lost what that'd be concerning to me like there's a random child in my yard except apparently they're not totally random like they have some type of history it it seemed like they knew each other she doesn't know them because she says she met them and was like come over and say hi but they know who she is yeah but she's still super kind to them and just like oh look it's just it's she is the Lady Diana. Maid Marian is the Lady Diana of animal princesses. 
yes, she's very, very kind to all the children. Yeah. Well, so is Lady Clucky because they start joking around about Robin Hood. Um, this is where we find out that Mama Rabbit just gossips like fuck because the baby rabbit and the sister rabbit are like, our mom said that you guys were childhood sweethearts and that you're going to get married and have kids. Um, and Lady Clucky's like, you forgot about Prince John. And then she gets so into the panto that they put on. Mm-hmm. The little fake fight. She gets all in. I, I, I mean, Lady Cluck has definitely had some experience working with working with small animals. That's true. Small children. <laughs> I do like how before Skippy starts like the big chase of Clucky, he yells death to tyrants. I appreciate that too. As do I. There was there was one point in this exchange too where they talk about um Robin Hood and Maid Marian kissing. Mm-hmm. And Skippy says, A kiss? That's sissy stuff. Yes, and Maid Marian takes that exactly the way that someone who's dealt with kids for way too long would, which is by laughing and going, Well, if you're not gonna kiss me, I'm gonna kiss you. And she gives him a kiss on the cheek and he looks pissed. Like fellas is it gay to kiss women aka and not only women but like the hottest woman in the kingdom right the one that you arguably are literally made for not the rabbit no not the rabbit but i guess just the kissing but yeah (laughs) i do like how uh we immediately see marion dancing in her quarters and i gotta say she's a very graceful dancer she is a very graceful dancer. I think that part of what helps is the fact that she has um, such a lovely flowing dress and a lovely flowing cape that we'll, we'll call a, her hair cape. There was a point where she was, where I was just kind of watching her move and there was, she extends her leg and points her toe where it's like someone yeah. who animated on her was a dancer. Yeah. Yeah. They had a ballet dancer come in, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure of that. But uh Here's where we get a little more exposition because she explains like, you know, we were in love and then I went to London, which was pretty common for royal women. They would go to be part of royal courts and bigger um, and um, bigger courts because mm-hmm. that's where you get your experience. And she's come back now. I was like, I wonder if he's forgot about me. And we get the answer pretty quickly when Robin Hood is so distracted that he commits a kitchen sin. Yes. Robin Hood has never stopped thinking about Maid Marian, and I know that you don't really watch Kids in the Hall, right? You haven't watched? Uh-uh. There's a there's a skit in Kids in the Hall that this 100% reminded me of, where it's these two French prostitutes looking out the window, and one of them is talking about this guy, Tony, and where he is, and if Tony is thinking of her, and what Tony is doing. And then it cuts to Tony, and he's like, um, in the middle of a fight or something like that like something just completely opposite I just think about this constantly because they keep going back to those two prostitutes just wondering about Tony and I feel like that's Robin he's just sitting there wondering about Marion wondering what she's up to where she's doing what she's doing who she's with um, he's like holding and- a fan is she holding a fan no Marion is Hanging portraits of her crush in her locker. In her AKA bedroom. his reward posters. Yes. 
Which, um, I mean, he does look good in the reward poster. He does. Yeah. It's like, if you have to have a reward poster, you know, Flynn Rider gets mad about this because his isn't as flattering. And it's kind of like, you get a good flattering reward poster. That's kind of kind of a flex. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that means the, <laughs> the person drawing you was like, I want to make sure. Mm-hmm. You look good, but also attractive. And Robin is, you know, lamenting about how he doesn't have the stability to offer Maid Marian, but Friar Tuck interrupts him so hard he falls into a laundry basket and then tells him he's going to be a legend one day and honestly that's just goals i want someone to see me at literally my lowest point just like stuck in a laundry basket and be like you know i just know you're gonna be a legend one day and you're like all right that's definitely better to the opposite which is if you get stuck in a basket and um then that's the start of a porn oh god that sounds boring getting stuck in places Oh, it's a big theme in porn. It's a big theme. Big theme. Um, Big theme in uh, Robin Hood is that archery tournament. Yes, but I do like how before uh, the friar explains, while while he's explaining it, he tests the overburned soup. And it is so burned now that he coughs out smoke rings. (laughs) Yes. That's impressive. Did you burn your tongue? Yeah, you burned your everything. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're eating ash that is somehow also on fire. But I'm trying to think if this would be better or worse than drinking water in medieval times. Mm, That's a great question. Yeah. He uses this as exposition to explain that's like, yeah, they're having this archery contest and that the prize is a kiss from Maid Marian, which I think is both hilarious and weirdly scandalous as a prize for the time it's it's such low stakes it's definitely what's gonna get robin hood interested which is the whole point but i don't understand how and why everyone else got that invested in it like you mentioned marion is apparently the most attractive creature in this entire kingdom Mm -hmm. so (laughs) maybe we don't really know what day-to-day life is like aside from the fact that we know it's miserable so maybe people are dying of the pox daily maybe um everyone is full of boils that we just can't see animated maybe. So getting to kiss the most perfect creature in the kingdom could be both very rewarding for your self-esteem but also maybe they think her beauty will rub off on them and then they'll become beautiful too and they'll be healed yeah it's a healing kiss no tongue no but we then just go to the archery contest, which is apparently happening the next day. Yeah. And so this was 30 minutes into the film. Mm-hmm. And like, in my mind, I kept thinking the archery contest is like 10 minutes till the end of the film. That's when all the excitement is. Nope. The, nope. the excitement is the jailbreak. So the, this is why I was saying that this is like uh, four hours worth of plot that's just kind of expanded over multiple days. Mm-hmm. Like the archery tournament could have happened in the same day as... Um, king john getting robbed uh and then just that night they break them out all of that stuff is just very very condensed (laughs) it is yeah but we go directly to this archery contest and robin has proven himself to be a pretty good actor so far he's been able to fool a lot of people with his costumes (laughs) but this to me even is pretty daring like a stork that involves proficiency on stilts it involves proficiency on stilts. It also involves uh, having a realistic enough looking beak. Yeah, a functioning beak. 
Yeah, which arguably you're you're going to be around creatures that have real beaks. So they, they should be able to tell when you have a fake. I don't even know what this beak was made out of. It almost looked like they took a beak. Was it just a cone? What do they make that beak out of? I have no idea, but it's very realistic. And I'm just guessing that most people who saw through the disguise because they're fans of Robin Hood were just kind of like, yeah, that's true. Like, it was probably a really shitty disguise when you think about it. Well, it fooled everyone except for the one person who checked his tail. It was a snake (laughs) in a balloon. Yeah, well, that snake was... Sir Hiss has, has another issue where he is um, smarter than he has any right to be for this movie. Agree. I also wrote down around here, which is um, that Prince John, I think, is inspiration for the voice of Stewie Griffin. I wrote that, too. I wrote that exact same line down because he just he sounds uh, exactly like Stewie. Yeah, it's. It, it it's really funny yeah it has to be i think so that must have been early inspiration because it's the same kind of not always the same kind of affect but it's that sort of if you listen to and like especially in this scene where hiss and john are in the royal box mm-hmm. this is a really good scene to hear the similarities yeah and um <laughs> the voice actor who plays uh prince john is mm-hmm. sir peter alexander baron von ustinov cbe who has an incredible list of credits yes and he's from switzerland so of course he's he's posh yes he has an british in- incredible accent there yeah so I do think that he is is the inspiration for Stewie Griffin. We're going to say it here first, or maybe last. We don't know. We don't listen yeah. to Family Guy podcasts. We don't. We have no idea. But I also like how little how Prince John talks to Maid Marian like she's a stranger and not his niece. <laughs> right. It's just like I mean I guess that must have been common at the time living in castles. That's fair. Like oh who's hilarious. that stranger over there? I haven't seen them for five days. <laughs> That's your mother. It's just so weird. <laughs> That's your mom. Um, but you're probably right. But yeah, this archery contest goes and pretty quickly everyone except for Robin, the stork, and the sheriff of Nottingham are eliminated. And I like how little John is just wearing clothes that are clearly two sizes too small. Like this, yes. this shirt is literally bursting at the seams and sitting in the royal box. Yes, and he is not only um so so little John <laughs> talks his way into sitting next to King John and Maid Marian, the two Johns. Um Yes. But I really love I really love King John, Prince John, 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 John. Uh well because he looks like he just melts into his <laughs> chair. Like yeah. he's such a little boy sitting in a big chair. So liquid. This man is a kitten. Yeah. And so we're talking about how Sir Hiss is the only one that kind of like knows what's going on. Uh, that's because Sir Hiss decided something's fishy going on with this um, with this tournament. I think someone's infiltrated it. I need to get a better eye and see what I can see here. Uh, to which he just kind of 
I love somehow it. puts a bubble around his head and then he gets he turns around. Into, yeah, he steals a balloon, puts it over his head, inflates it, and then uses a little tail to to like to get through through the sky like a little blimp. Yeah, he is the first um drone. Ah. He's the first drone. He's the first snake who's a plane. Yeah. Oh wow, I hate that. <laughs> I was waiting I for heard it. it. The words. I heard the words. I know. And then in my head, Samuel L. Jackson just popped up. You're welcome. <laughs> uh e- Robin wins the archery contest through an absolutely magical feat of archery. But by this time, I will give um, Prince John credit because Sir Hiss has been captured and stuck in a barrel of ale before he could go tell Prince John. But Prince John has figured out on his own that this is Robin Hood. Uh, Sir Hiss is about to get skumped. Even though he said, as they put him in, the friar and the um, and the bard, by the way, put the snake in a barrel. He goes, please, I don't drink. <laughs> oh, like, oh, oh no. Oh, I just had a really dark thought about this. Mm. What if Sir Hiss was 60 days sober? Oh, no. He was like, put him in the ale barrel. Yeah, he's like, I've made some really great strides with my life. I've really like gotten past my alcoholism like i'm feeling pretty good about myself and then please don't put me in here and then they did they they put him in there and they bring robin over to prince john surrounded by guards and he still hasn't figured out that he's about to get had like they don't normally surround winners of contests with a massive troop of armed guards listen when you are that horny for a kiss Sometimes you ignore everything. You don't see the forest through the guards. It's true because he doesn't. He actually also allows Prince John to almost knight him. Because it's a Disney movie, he didn't cut his head off. He just cut his his disguise off. But in reality, he would have just lopped it off. Just been like, whoop. Oh, no. In reality, he would have tried to lop it off. But because John can probably barely lift a sword in the first place. Yeah. It just kind of would have gotten like halfway there. A nearly headless Nixitch. Yeah, exactly. Marion would have been covered in blood. Ooh, this would have been oh, the, uh, this would have been a very, very bad ending. Instead, what, in. <laughs> instead what we get is Robin in chains, uh, he and Marion declaring their love for each other. And then little John finally getting sick of the bullshit, he takes out a knife, goes behind the tent and stab not literally stabs, but just starts poking at Prince John in the back. And telling him to say things like, all right, tell him to release him. And he does. I love that at one point, though, Prince John goes, not so hard. <laughs> like, like Prince John's like, ooh, I'm kind of having a little bit of fun with this knife in my back. I want to kind of play along. Like, again, he's a child. So he's yes. just like, this is kind of fun for me. But also, I'm very upset. They finally get him to let him go who discovers a uh, little john is it a one of the guards or is someone discovers him and like whacks wasn't him on the, the head sh- or something wasn't it the sheriff he walked around the back oh yeah the sheriff walked around the back and like tackles or whacks a uh, little john on the head and that's yeah. when prince john is like kill him but by then he's already been persuaded quote unquote to have the guards remove the chains so robin hood is free and my previously mentioned Scooby-Doo sequence begins. 
Yeah. And okay, there was at some point here when um, the sheriff calls out for one of his uh, henchmen, I guess. And his name is Nutsy. Nutsy and, and Trigger. Nutsy and Trigger. It really sounded like Nazi. Nazi. Yeah. It, and, especially in the um, Pat Budtrum voice. Yeah. He, like, get him, Nazi. Yeah, it's like, you heard him, Nazi. It's like, yeah. you heard, if I say it, it's like, you heard him, Nazi. Yeah. It's just enunciated enough where it sounds slightly questionable, but not as questionable. But it sounds, like you said, just like Nazi. Just like <laughs> Nazi. It's like, ooh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Wait. I also cannot remember what prompted this note, but I wrote, that's not an arrow. It's an emasculation seeking missile. There's so many applicable moments. There's so many applicable I'm moments. I'm yeah. going to guess it's the one that the little rabbit shoots and it hits John and uh, Prince John in the ass. I think that must have been it. There's a bunch of great moments in this. I do like how uh, Maid Marian starts out scared, but then as soon as Robin Hood catches her, she, even though they're still in the middle of a battle, she's suddenly not scared anymore. I think that's kind of a silly yeah. detail, but it just kind of goes to show it's like when you trust someone, she trusts that he's going to keep her safe. And if he can't, it's because he truly can't. You know what this reminded me of? Um, which, given that it was like... 13 years before this happened it reminded me of the scene in uh return of the jedi when Mm -hmm. luke is saving leia from Mm -hmm. jabba's palace and and he just like picks her up and she's and they swing away and she's kind of like okay i guess i trust you Mm -hmm. this just reminded me of that completely i agree it's that moment where it's like the the best chance i have is with the person who wants to keep me safe and if they can't keep me safe it's because they've died trying yeah exactly I think that's interesting. It's like, it's a simple moment um, that I see more as an adult because you then see her like as he's fighting people off, they're laughing and joking. She's unprotected still. She's just close, but she's like, he he's here. She's even sort of confident enough to be bantering him with him while they're fighting. She throws a pie at Trigger, the other vulture. Like she's, she's, she's confident because he's around. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the fact that he has actually rescued her. She's still very much in danger. And ladies, isn't that what we all really want in a partner? Somebody who's confident, even if we're still going to get killed. Yeah, just pretend like you got this. Yeah. Pretend like you got it like Lady Clucky, who could take out, what was that, like a dozen rhinos with I, no I, weapon? I literally wrote, I love Clucky. Me too. She is, she is a force to be reckoned with. I love her so much. She just literally flooring these rhinos with her hands, yeah. dodging tackles left and right. You were, you were talking also about the banter that Marion and Robin Hood were having. At one point, they talk about how they want to have like six to 12 children. Yeah. And the, yeah, between six and 12, a totally six and 12. normal number of children to have while you're on uh, living a life on the run. Yeah, and these are foxes, so how many of these children are you guys eating? Like... <laughs> Is that 12 live children? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do like that the person with the last laugh in this scene, though, is Clucky. Mm-hmm. That makes me happy. This is where we get the uh, gag where the whole time we thought she just had a tunic on and had her ass out Lala Winnie the Pooh, but it turns yeah. out those are just really, really skin-colored bloomers on her. <laughs> Yeah, but Donald Duck is still 
dude, right? Like, he's not wearing weird duck-colored underwear. I don't know, and I'm not going to be the one that finds out. Oh, Uh, that's fair. Speaking of finding things out, I forgot about this super boring song. Oh my god, I did not care about foxes wandering a forest staring lovingly into each other's eyes that whispery sort of singing not my favorite no life is free but so unsure Uh, it's this is the one just called love too right this is the love love song yeah it's called love by floyd huddles no, it's performed by a woman named Nancy Adams. Uh-uh. Oh, George Bruns, not George Burns. I was very confused. There's an old it's... comedian named George Burns, folks. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I'm glad when this song gets interrupted. I am too. But it does remind me that I didn't bring up the song that I wanted you to sing, which is Oodalali. Oh, the intro song. I gotta be honest with you. Robin Hood, I do not think about the music. Neither do I. I didn't even think we were going to do a song. Not because, just because this is not a, a movie for its music. Let's. I'm going I'm to do the first verse of this one or the second one and the first two and then we're going to move on from that one. <clears throat> I'm about to tell you about a plot point that's already happened. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest laughing back and forth on what the other has to say. Reminiscing this and that and having such a good time. Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day. That's as much as we're getting. Good I enough. also, sorry, I Googled the lyrics to make sure I got them all right. That's by a guy called Roger Miller. And yeah. he also did a song called You Can't Roller Skate with a Buffalo Hurt. Can you sing that one? I've never heard of this song. But okay, I'm just going to read a couple yeah you can't roller skate in a buffalo herd you can't roller skate in a buffalo herd you can't roller skate in a buffalo herd but you can be happy if you have a mind to you can't take a shower in a parakeet cage repeat repeat you but you can be happy if you have a mind to and this keeps going on with like you can't go swimming in a basketball baseball glove you can't change film with a kid on your back you can't drive around with a tiger in your car you can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. You can't go fishing in a watermelon patch. And you can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. I have to look into this later because that's insane. You can't download a car. Like that's, <laughs> that's what this reminds me of. It's just, that's so weird. It's so weird. It's very weird energy. But anywho, yeah, there was did, that song. Did you know also that, that the Oodalali, not you can't <laughs> roller skate with a buffalo herd, was apparently used in an Android commercial? And it's also the... Um, the whistling part is the basis for the what the fuck is it? The hamster dance. Oh God! Someone, I'm sorry. On the Disney fandom page for Udalali, um, there's a comment here that says, "Uda, lay off my fellow workers, capitalist pigs." <laughs> Don't. I have questions. I have so many questions. That was posted in 2022. Jesus. Well, that person's working through some stuff. They Speaking are. of working through things, let's keep working through this movie. Uh, yeah, we have this the next song, which is, oh God, this is Phony King of England. Oh, is that the song that came next? Yeah, 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 yeah. They really do I just kind of cram these in, don't they? King of England. They really do. They don't really work. But 
they have this thing and it brings up this you know song the song the phony king of england and the reason for this is because it leads us in the next scene where the sheriff is singing it and his hears it and thinks it's hilarious and starts singing it himself prince john walks in and gets super fucking mad and raises the taxes i like that that's just the way he goes i don't know taxes raised exactly um i, I also can't kill everyone so i can tax them tax the people until morale improves I also enjoy that even you it's like you're such an annoying boss that even your own workers who are loyal to you think that your parody songs are fun. Yeah, that's a sure sign that maybe the problem is you. Yeah. When even your henchmen, the ones who are supposed to be your most loyal, are like, I don't know, I kind of like the song that makes fun of this douchebag. Yeah, I'm gonna get down with this jig. Um the next thing we see though is the they go to the church with friar tuck who well they first show everyone locked up in prison for not having any money literally everyone mama and the children the old couple otto the blacksmith with his cast fucking everyone tiny mice with their tiny mouse shackles tiny mice with their tiny mouse shackles indeed who made those tiny mouse shackles was it other mice oof maybe they made their own oh man oh There's definitely there's definitely animals that were in that prison that had made those prison. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, we see another arrest. And this happens when the sheriff comes to steal the last coin from the poor box donated by two mice with no pupils. Um, and another Rockford moment. Why <laughs> mice need pupils, too? Um, but the sheriff comes in and I love that the friar absolutely fucking has it. And just straight attacks him. He doesn't even just yell at him. He's like, he immediately is like, nope, throwing hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also have a totally unrelated note, which is that I, a friend of mine, a teammate and I and I were thinking of political themed roller derby names. Okay. And mine was Friar Tucker Carlson. Friar Tucker Carlson. Because it sounds like Fire Tucker Carlson. And it's a pull off of Friar Tuck. Man, if only you could have, like, gotten that in before he was actually fired. I know, I didn't bone. But anyway, that's my stupid <laughs> note. But yeah, Friar Tuck throws hands and gets arrested. <laughs> what a surprise. Can't put him in the tiny little mouse handcuffs. All of all of this is because of a dumb archery contest. Yeah, this is all because Robin Hood embarrassed Prince John. Yeah. Which, like, I don't like being embarrassed either but i i don't like when movies that are set in england bust out that famous british phrase what in tarnation (laughs) yeah uh i just hate when the british say that they say it so much they say it so much it's like guys get over yourself my god like tarnation isn't a thing Stop making Take your thing. fucking tea back. Go back to your ranches in Texas, yeah, British people with your tarnations. And yeah, shit. yeah. Go back to your tart nations. Here is where Prince John kind of loses it and sets like a kind of a dark trap, which is he's like, I'm going to hang Friar Tuck, and it's basically Robin Hood's going to come and save him, and we kill Robin Hood, or I'm going to hang Friar Tuck. Someone's getting hung. 
Yeah. And I will give credit to Sir Hiss. Even he's kind of like, I don't know if I know about this. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm crossing my arms sure in a basket with this anymore. I think I'm, I think I'm not okay with this. He reached his, he reached his point. Every henchman has their point. He does. And he kind of, he reached it. He reached it. You but John, it before you die, <laughs> it's true because I think in his in his defense, I think that if he disagrees with him, Prince John will just kill him. I think if he disagrees with him, Prince John is going to um, tie Sir Hiss into a knot again. Like yeah, like just full on snake knot, which is really uncomfortable. I assume as a snake, he's done it a couple times. Yeah. I'll like just do it's, it again. Just do it again. I feel like that's snake abuse. To it tie is. Your, your henchman snakes and knots, and that's what will happen. He's not, he's never going to let him die. Never going to let him die. Valid. Yeah. Um, there is also far too little security at this castle with a hanging impending and literally everyone in town locked up, and their primary target being the bait. There is just on call the sheriff and his two idiot vultures. The actual guards are like hiding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the rhinos aren't ready to come um, out for their parade yet. I think that's their problem. No. They're like, you guys didn't animate us. We're not, we're not ready. <laughs> no, but it does make it rather convenient for Robin Hood and Little John to get into the prison when there's only three people to get around. Yeah, and then they can bust out 95 of them. And there's only 15 minutes of the movie left, so you know they're going to bust them all out quickly. Mm -hmm. And also, while um, Little John is in charge of getting the prisoners out after they incapacitate the vultures and um, the sheriff, Robin Hood is going to go up to the royal chambers and steal all of the gold. Yes, and I want to call out, Little John rips apart people's chains with his bare hands. B-E-A-R hands. I also wrote down that Little John is unreasonably strong because at the very end, they load all of the hostages onto one cart and he single-handedly moves it at speed in three seconds. This is why I think he doesn't care that his disguises are shit. That's fair. Because are you going to throw hands with a literal bear that can rip apart chains and apparently carry... 500 small animals to safety people fucking try those people are idiots agree but that's what the rhinos do once so they have this entire like pulley system rigged out to get the gold out of the royal tower and somehow prince john and sir Hiss have not woken up yet they only yes. wake up at the last second when robin hood is escaping and sir Hiss grabs both the bed and robin hood yeah and I was amazed. Oh my um, god! <laughs> yeah, I had to draw. I had to draw Robin Hood stealing the coins and just hearing um, Prince John snoring and thinking he was like awake. Hiccup snores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was amazed at how silent the tons of uh, jangly coin bags were oh until god. they reached the jail. Like they were completely silent. Yeah, until they reached the jail. I also wrote down, "Don't yell uh, during a rescue heist," because as soon as the goal reaches it, the friar is like, "Yeah." right zip it and this this heist honestly works out really well they almost get all of the gold Mm -hmm. except there is 
one one little bag just one just one one little bag of gold probably no more than i don't know 100 200 pieces in there like especially considering they already took a bunch of bags of the same size yeah and this is where robin hood robin hood reaches his point and he moves from being um for the people to being a capitalist pig because he just can't let that one little bag of gold go untouched he has to take it and it could have been left behind so easily to not compromise the entire mission yes absolutely but it does because that's how um prince john wakes up and immediately calls in the guards they come and start shooting at fucking everyone and it looks like they're about to get out but at the last goddamn second this is why i hate children mama rabbit realizes that her littlest rabbit has been left fucking behind yep exactly yeah. stop my baby. baby yeah and robin hood has to run back and get him just as the gates close so he's able to hand the rabbit through to little john and they escape and mm-hmm. he's stuck in there with everyone else and a castle that goes up in flames because prince john loses it and goes after robin hood with a torch or is it the sheriff someone goes at him with a torch someone goes at him with a torch at this point it doesn't matter no there's, it doesn't there's hijinks there's like less than um a few minutes left in the movie there's really only seven minutes before the end of the movie and that's yep. when they light the entire stone castle Ablaze. on fire which is hilarious which, as a concept yeah it's like oh how is this going to resolve cleanly i'm guessing it's all the cloth going up on flames but i do say you know in this entire segment one thing that I do like is that it's not, you know, it's this isn't the confident Robin Hood with Maid Marian and his friends battling it out during the archery contest brawl. He's actually mm-hmm. very scared in this segment. He's alone. Yeah. Completely outnumbered. This castle, even if it's not the structure, but everything inside it and the roofs are all on fire. And I do think that it's important that they portrayed that he was scared because, you know, as we're learning a lot more now as adults who are understanding more of mental illness and what have you fear is important yeah fear is not the mind killer as dune wants you to believe yeah fuck you out dune but (laughs) no i mean like i think that that's a valuable thing that even heroes get scared yeah yeah it'd be nice if that was shown a little bit more I do, I do think that, you know, even as much as I was complaining about Marvel, the one thing I did like is that they kind of did portray, you know, Tony Stark's journey with PTSD pretty well and showing that, you know, heroes can suffer from things. But I think that it's important to, especially even in kids movies, show it's like, hey, it's, you know, when things are, when the chips are down and when it looks like things are pretty desperate, it's okay to be desperate. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be scared. It's also okay to put on a brave face if you think mm-hmm. that that's what's going to get you through it and then cry later. <laughs> Well, that's kind of what he does. He gives, you know, the little rabbit over to Little John. He's like, take, you know, I'll be fine, which is like, you know, that Little John knew that that was a half lie. Yeah, you know, but, you're going to die. <laughs> right. It's kind of like there is not a great chance we're going to get out of here. And we see that aftermath, too, when we see Little John as Skippy watching this whole thing, mm-hmm. which send the child away. Like, this is too much. This is his yeah. idol. You, ha- you, you cannot be watching this. You have to go. But, Who's going to watch a hanging? I'm just saying. Oh my God, that everyone. Yeah, everyone would watch a hanging. <laughs> I think it's a little different, though, when it's like, as we were friend. kind of joking about, like, your friend slash father figure. It's like, maybe, maybe this isn't for you right now. Ooh, maybe. Ooh, oh, that's, that's a good question, actually, that I have. Because hangings were so popular 
uh, as we were just... talking about this the other day you and i yeah because we were talking about cross burnings we were talking about what cross burnings remember this yeah yeah we were talking yeah. about cross burnings yeah just going mm-hmm. to see the local hanging was such a massive thing especially in in medieval times um and more recent than we want to admit oh god yeah and i am kind of curious would people go to any hanging what if it was somebody that they knew is that something that they looked forward to i guess it depends i don't know i mean i guess it's the same way that like when a death row inmate is executed sometimes their family will come yeah i guess it's also how like we as a society have such a focus on true crime and we're so fascinated by true crime. But as soon as it happens to somebody that we know, mm-hmm. I think we like to step back a little bit and don't want to know all the details. Or even if you do want to know all the details, it's because you're scared too. Yeah. Like fear. Exactly. Fear. The gift of fear. A book yeah. I have not read, but I hear is quite good. But um, this movie we don't... doesn't end scarily, though. Which no, is it nice. doesn't. We don't need to fear. Um, Robin Hood jumps into the moat, which allows him to survive, and then we just kind of yada yada yada. Everything getting better. Well, yeah, that's because um, suddenly, suddenly King Richard shows up. Yeah, like fucking magic. I wrote in my notes: convenient Richard just comes back. Convenient Richard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a convenient dick. Convenient. <laughs> I. Yeah, I, I I said that too. I wrote a note that was like, oh, hey, everything just kind of worked out. I guess yeah. good thing Rich returned and he just straightened it all out with a flick yeah. of the wrist. Like everything, everything was cool. Like, and I will say, this has always been my problem with the plot of Robin Hood in, in the many versions that I have seen it portrayed. It's always, let's get up to shenanigans while dad is on a business trip. <laughs> And then, then King Richard comes back. This happens in Robin Hood Men of Tights, too. King Richard basically comes back and is like, nah, guys, I've got this. This is cool. And just waves his magic wand and everything is fixed. Yeah, could you knock it off? Yeah. Just once. Just once. I don't want King Richard to return. Or maybe I want King Richard to return and be like, oh, shit, this shit's fucked. I'm going to kill Robin Hood. <laughs> also, how is... Okay, maybe this is too deep of a question because just about every animal that shows up in this uh, movie is unique with the exception of the two lions and the two foxes. How is Marion related to King Richard? So she is his daughter. That's what it says. So is King Richard's wife a fox? And are we looking at like a half fox, half lion? Because Marion is amazing. I have no idea. This might this might be getting too much into Zootopia or possibly furry territory for this podcast. This is it fair. It might be, but I have no idea. This is just another one of those questions this movie doesn't make any sense out of. And another one it doesn't make any sense out of is why does this child go along with Robin Hood and made me he says this because they're gonna have kids he need they'll need someone to protect them it's like you're a kid and you also have your own little siblings at home yeah also take care of them it's not like an egg situation where like we're going to give you this small child as a test to see if you can take care of children if you keep this rabbit alive for a week then we know that you can have six to twelve of your own 
yeah i don't fucking know man that whole thing is just super weird and that's also how the movie ends with them like in their just married coach waving and a random child accompanying them oh what a nightmare i did total nightmare i did really like that little john got to keep his silly nobility outfit me too though i wish they'd given it to him better tailored (laughs) right do you think he was like no 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 guys i like it this is how it's supposed to fit this is what i'm known for now mind your business (laughs) big man in a tiny suit this is my thing what are you gonna do big bear big bear small suit bbss Look for it on FetLife. Hey, um, <laughs> I have a question for you. <gasps> did you, you? I do. Did you like this movie and do you recommend it? You know what? I did. I did mm-hmm. to both. I liked this movie. It was such a fun nostalgia trip for me because I enjoyed it as a kid. Um, I enjoyed all of the problems with the movie too uh especially the recycled animation which now as an adult is kind of fun Mm -hmm. to see where where that happened Um, yeah it's a little fun and nostalgic yeah and overall the fact that this movie isn't heavy on the songs and the fact that you can kind of just skip through the songs kind of makes it a little bit more of an, an attractive disney movie if you don't like musicals sure no that does make sense yeah so like I enjoyed it. I liked nice. it and I would recommend it. But mm-hmm. what about you? I do like it and recommend it. It's funny. It was right on a borderline for me of whether or not I liked it, but I found it entertaining enough and it was short enough where it didn't have a ton of filler where you can just get through this one. It's pretty easy. It's fun. It's pretty cute. Um, as you said, I kind of like the animated, um, the, I'm sorry, recycled animation now because you can look at it and be like, hey, um, yeah. but yeah, I liked it. I do recommend it. It's sweet. It's fun. And it holds up. Agreed. Well, speaking of things that are sweet, fun, and I guess hold up. Uh, okay. Next week. Oh, yeah. We are not taking a trip to the package era, even though it really feels like it, because <laughs> we're going to be discussing the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which is basically like a a little bit of a, um, uh, a three segment hmm. joining of Winnie the Pooh stories. It's not one cohesive plot. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, We'll see how that goes. Yeah, we shall see how it goes. We'll see if if we need to make like snakes and put a balloon over our head and just helicopter our way out of here or not. We might, but I guess we'll have to wait because I have to I have to go see if there's anything stuck in my ale barrel. I hope it isn't a snake. I hope so as well. So um, so long, Glamour Boys. So long, Glamour Boys. Damsels Who Discuss is created and produced by Crow's Nest's podcast. Your hosts are Gally Articola and Alexia Thurumalai. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash damselswhodiscuss, all one word. On Instagram at instagram.com slash damselswhodiscuss, all one word again. And on Twitter at twitter.com slash damselswhodisco, because Twitter has a character limit. Or you can also email us at damselswhodiscuss at gmail.com. So long, Glamour Boys! So long, Glamour Boys! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>